Well, ICANN is a, just a privilege to be able to come and share with you guys this morning what I feel like the Lord has uh, placed on my heart. I really feel like he's given me a word in season for our church, for where we're at in this season of new year, new season, 2019. Um, you know, in the, in the past couple weeks of January, we've been talking about Vision 2020. Vision 2020, who will you be a year from now? Who are you gonna be as we transition out of 2019 into 2020? And um, the first week, Pastor Lyle, I mean, those the past two weeks have been incredible. If you haven't, if you weren't able to be here, please podcast them because the teachings that he has given, I really feel are foundational for our church and where we're going and our lives personally and who we're becoming in this new year. And so the first week we talked about being a person of vision is being a person of prayer, being a person of prayer, going to God to get that God-sized vision that we're going after. Week two, we talked about being a person of vision is being a person of strategy and not just having the God-sized vision, but having the God-sized strategy of the wisdom of how to outwork that. And then this morning, we are gonna talk about uh, being a person of vision is being a person of values. Being a person of vision is being a person of values. And, you know, this morning, I just, I really feel like all through the first service and through worship that God is stirring up a hunger in his church, in this church, for the more of what he has for us. I really feel like we are, we're getting to, into a new season of, we're getting to a place of like, we don't wanna play church anymore. We don't, we don't want to just come and show up and sit our butts in a seat and leave unchanged. But we wanna come and encounter someone. We wanna come to be changed, to be transformed. You know, the Bible says that as we behold him, as we behold him, we become like him. We're transformed into his image. We're renewed over and over. And this morning, I'm just, I'm just praying for you guys that something splits open for you. That wherever your heart has been in this past season of 2018, whether you know, your heart has been hard as a rock, I know there's some of you that that has been your season where you just feel dull inside, you feel dead inside. And you're like, God, I don't know, I used to feel you. I used to have this love relationship with you and now it feels like going through the motions. Or there's some of you who have had real broken hearts in this last season. There's been disappointment, there's been loss, there's been struggle, there's been pain. And there's some of you walking into the new year just completely full of hope and your heart's elated and full of joy. And I just trust that this morning, the Holy Spirit is gonna be able to meet each one of you exactly precisely where you need to be met, that he's going to take the words that are spoken and he's going to divide them up into 200 ways and you are going to get specifically what you came here for this morning, that your heart will be split open and he will minister into the depth of who you are because we haven't come just to encounter a person. You guys didn't come to hear me. You came to encounter the living God. And we wanna make space and room. And so, Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit that you would be here in this room meeting and encountering every single person where they sit. 
Father, if they are in a place where they have been far from you, God, that their heart has been far from you, that they've been showing up and going through the motions, but they haven't had an encounter with you in a while. They don't actually know the experience that you offer them. Father, I pray that you would meet them. For those who have come with broken pieces, Father, I pray that you would mend them, that you would bind them together. And Father, those who have come full of joy and hope, just breathe on them, God. Give them a freshness. Holy Spirit, we haven't come to play church. We haven't come just to fill a seat and check off something on our list. We've come to be transformed. We wanna behold you and we wanna become like you. We love you, God. We count it as an honor and a privilege to be in your house. We thank you that we live in a country of freedom that we can gather together and exalt your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Kelly. Isn't it nice just having the piano behind you? <laughs> like, whoo. Uh, I like it. Well, I said this in the first service, and so I'll tell you guys because I need to set you off on the right foot. Uh, I haven't preached a full message other than an hour ago. Uh, in like three years. I led a women's conference three years ago, and then... Uh, so you guys be nice to me. Be, I need you to smile. I need you to amen me a lot. You know, the church that I uh, had a lot of my growing up years was Judah Smith's church. And he, uh, he always used to say, a, a quiet church is a dead church. And so we are not a dead church. We are a very vibrant, alive church. And I need the affirmation. So come on. Um, so... So this morning, we are talking about a person of vision is a person of value, is a person of values. And, uh, you know, I, I got really excited when Pastor Lyle asked me to preach on this topic because it's something I'm really passionate about. I think that it is something that is paramount in especially our culture and our generation today of having values. And, you know, Rick and I as a couple, we have 21 family values that uh, just give us, you know, direction and clarity of purpose and unity as a married couple. And so it's something that I, I really love uh, this. And so we can kind of build the foundation and start off on the same point. Uh, I'm going to give you the definition for values. So what are we talking about when we're talking about values? Values are deeply held enduring beliefs and guiding principles that define what is most important to us. Values are deeply held enduring beliefs and guiding principles that define what is most important to us. So to say it another way, values are the internal foundation that allow our external vision to become a reality in our lives. It's the internal foundation. It's what we're building internally that allows the external to actually become reality. You know, we're talking about having a God-sized vision. Well, how many of you know that God can give you a God-sized vision? He can speak dreams and desires and give you pictures of things to come, which is incredible. But unless we pair those with one, what Pastor Lyle was talking about last week, which is strategy, the wisdom of heaven, the how-to, the roadmap, and then the values 
of heaven, the things that bring us boundaries and give us shape and definition. Unless we have those things, we're not gonna have much traction. We can have a God-sized vision without strategy, without values. It's basically gonna be a dream. And it's gonna be something that you're like, well, God, you spoke this to me. Why didn't it happen? And he's like, well, yeah, I spoke it to you. And then you didn't actually seek me for anything else. You know, sometimes God speaks to us for the purpose of getting us to go and dig in and to go ask questions and to really seek after him. The, the vision is an invitation into him because it's in him that we will actually fulfill the vision. So living a life of values means living from the inside out. And that's what we're gonna be talking about this morning is an inside work. You know, as we have talked about uh, kind of Lyle's word for this year was to level up, to level up, that we are leveling up. We are leveling up as believers. We are leveling up in our marriage. We're leveling up in our workplaces. You know, we're leveling up. And it's, it's really tempting to only look at the external and go, okay, well, I wanna, I wanna level up. I wanna level up financially. I wanna level up as a parent. I wanna level up in my marriage. And to look at the external fruit but I love something Bill Johnson says. He says, your internal reality will always become your external reality. Your internal reality, what's happening on the inside, will always become your external reality. In 3 John 1, 2, is it 1, 2, Kelly? I got it wrong in the first verse. Okay. In 3 John 1, 2, it says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. So beloved, that's you, that's me. He's talking to us right now. I pray that you may prosper in all things. So that's God's heart for us, is to prosper, is to have prosperous lives. He, that is his desire. He wants that. The word says that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. He wants to bless our lives. But he says here, I want you to prosper. I want you to be in health. I want there to be vibrancy in life just as your soul prospers. In other words, if your soul is not prospering, your life is not prospering. Everything that's happening on the inside will become, will come out on the outside. And, you know, the trap for every leader is to feed the body, but to starve the soul. It's to feed on work. It's to feed on what we do instead of feed who we are and who we're becoming. I love, uh, as a staff team, we're reading a book, a leadership book right now, and I ran across this quote yesterday. It was just, it fits so perfectly, but it says, we set young leaders up for a fall when we encourage them to envision what they can do before they consider the kind of person they should be. And I'll say it again. <laughs> we... <laughs> <laughs> we set young leaders up for a fall if we encourage them to envision what they can do before they consider the kind of person they should be. And so in this process, in this pursuit of, of who will you be in 2020 and what's the God-sized vision that he's given you, we want to take a step and say, wait, 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 who will I be? What is my internal world? What foundation am I building upon? And 
uh, just to kind of continue to, to build that, that case for the fact that God really does want your soul to prosper. We're gonna look at Jeremiah 31, 11 through 14. This is one of my favorite verses uh, or, or pieces of scripture. And it says, for the Lord has ransomed Jacob. And you can put your name in there. The Lord has ransomed Kristen. The Lord has ransomed Rick and has redeemed him from hands too strong for him. They shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion and they shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord. You know, wouldn't it be a gorgeous thing if this year we were radiant over the goodness of God? Like if that was a real reality in our life, to be radiant over the goodness of God, over the grain, the wine, and the oil, and over the young of the flock and the herd, their life shall be like a watered garden. I love that. I want that. I want my life to be a watered garden. And they shall languish no more. You know, to languish means to lose or lack vitality, to grow weak or feeble. So he's saying they shall languish no more. They're not gonna lose vitality. They're not gonna grow weak or feeble. And then shall the young women rejoice in the dance and the young men and the old be merry. I will turn their mourning into joy and I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. And this is the piece that I love. I will feast the souls of the priest with abundance and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, declares the Lord. I will feast the soul of the priests. And some of you are like, that doesn't apply to me. I'm not a priest. Like, what are you even talking about? But 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. So you are the priest that he's talking about in this portion. And he's saying, I will feast the soul, the internal world of the priests with abundance. And my people shall be satisfied with my goodness. So that's the Father's heart for us, is to be full of abundance, that we would feast on his goodness and be satisfied. You know, your external world is never gonna outgrow your internal foundation. And I love, I went to um, Hillsong uh, Bible College in Australia for a couple of years, and uh, one thing that we said that we just, it just kind of became ingrained in who we were uh, was this phrase. It says, don't let, let your gift take you where your character can't sustain you. Don't let your gift take you where your character can't sustain you. So don't let the external, I'll, I'll tell you, Shabazz. Uh, don't, don't let what's externally on you take you to a place where your internal world cannot sustain what he's bringing you into. Some of you are so desperate to go, oh God, bless me, bring me into this place. I've been asking for breakthrough. I've been asking for breakthrough in the arts. I've been asking for breakthrough in the, in the music world. And he's saying, yeah, yeah, sweetheart, if I took you there right now, it would crush you. Because we're seeing, we're seeing so much of the world. I mean, they, they think they have it all. They think they're going, oh yeah, my gift has taken me there. Um, you know, musically or business-wise, my gift has taken me there. And then all of a sudden, we're seeing their worlds crumble. We're seeing they're addicted to, you know, alcohol and drugs. They're addicted to pornography. Their marriages are crumbling. Their internal world could not sustain where their gift took them. And, you know, uh, I, I love mentoring girls. I love uh, pouring into people younger than me or people surrounding me. And one of the things that I pray quite often for the people I mentor is, God, keep them hidden and tell they internally are ready to be revealed because I don't want 
what, sorry girls, that's, uh, yeah, that's what I'm praying for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would, I would never want them to, to usurp the process. Because how many of you know God can give you a God-sized vision here, and typically it doesn't happen until over here. In all of this space is where the process happens. It's where the maturity happens. And if we're not willing to commit to the internal process, to the internal world and foundation that we're building, when we get that God-sized vision, we're not going to be able to sustain it. And so my, my prayer this morning... Um, is that as we go after some of these values, there's, there's lots of values that we could talk about, but I feel like the Lord gave me three specific ones to share with you this morning that if we can truly get a hold of, if we can internalize and go, yeah, like that's gonna be a value in my life for this next year, that we can and will get to the end of 2019 with our, our souls prospering with the, the ability to be big people on the inside so that the big things can happen on the outside. Amen? So the first value that we are going to look at is the value for his word, or the value of his word. You know, this, and the word of God, in case some of you are new, it's the Bible. Uh, it's or the scriptures, you're heal, you're heal, you will hear it said in different ways. But, you know, this isn't just dry, dead ink on a page. This is the brilliance of God on sacred page. This is what God primarily uses to speak through. And, you know, I've, uh, I've been a, a Christian, a believer in Jesus for a lot of years, uh, I tried to figure out the first service. I'm like, I got saved when I was 11. I'm 35. Uh, I know I look like I'm 25, but not. Um, huh? 24 years. In those 24 years, I've been in church. I've been, you know, I've, I've traveled around the world. I've been in churches around the world. And to be honest, uh, what I've found for the most part is that the church and that believers today have an eating disorder that we want to feed on the world and we want to be full of God. Wow. And guys, it doesn't work. We want to feed on what the world has to offer. We want to feed on social media. We want to feed on pornography. We want to feed on man's word. We want to feed on the disappointments of our past. We want to feed on our entitlement. We want to feed on what the world is giving us. And then we want to be over here going, I'm full of God. I'm full of life. I'm full of hope. I'm full of peace. It doesn't equate, guys. And so we need to learn what to feast ourselves on. In Matthew 4, 4, it says, but he, is Jesus, says, he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, by what is natural, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Primarily this. John 1, 14, and follow along with me on this because it's going to feed into the next verse. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We sang about that this morning, the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. And then in John 6, 55 through 59, it says, for my flesh is true food. So what, what became flesh? The word. 
And then he's saying, my flesh, my word is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh, my words, and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him as the living father sent me and I live because of the father. So whoever feeds on me, he will also live because of me. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, not like the bread that the fathers ate and died. If we try to eat the bread of the world, we, are, we will eat it and die. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. So my question for you this morning is what are you feeding on? What are you feeding on? What are you feeding on to bring life and sustenance to your internal world? You know, a couple weeks ago I was, uh, I just, you know, I'm a, I'm a, mom to a toddler. I'm pregnant. I'm a wife. I work full time. I have a full life. Um, but I kind of had gotten into this habit of I'd wake up and the first thing that I would do was I would, uh, you know, open my Bible app and I would read the verse of the day and then I would do my devotion within the Bible app. And um, I felt really, you know, I was like, huh, I got my stats for 2018. I was like, I was in the Bible like 300 and some days this year, and uh, they give you badges, which I was like, I love that. If any of you guys have the Bible app now, they like track your like, like, oh, you've had like seven perfect weeks, and I just like get so jazzed by that. I'm like, yes, I had another perfect week, accomplished, um, but that was kind of my, I'd gotten into this pattern, but I started to recognize like, God, I just feel super depleted, like, I feel, I feel like my soul is languishing. I feel like I'm, I'm giving out more and more, and I'm getting more and more depleted. And, uh, and I said, you know, what's going on? Like, I'm at church consistently. I'm with community. I'm worshiping uh, outside. You know, some of you guys can worship outside of Sunday mornings. That's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm worshiping. I'm in the word. And he was like, uh, excuse me? And I was like, what? Crap. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Excuse me. He's like, excuse me? Like, you're in my word? And I was like, well, yeah, like, I'm in it every single day. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're snacking. You're snacking on my word. And then you're expecting to be sustained. You're snacking and then expecting it to give you life and sustenance through a day. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And so I had to repent and go, okay. You know, to repent means to stop and switch directions and go another direction. And I had to go, okay, God, like, yeah. I know for me, having the physical word of God open in front of me and having a journal and having, like, that feasts my soul. You, for you, it may be different. But, you know, I love this. Uh, I saw a quote by James Gall. He posted on Instagram. I thought this was amazing. He says, complaining about a silent God when your Bible is closed is like complaining that you're not getting texts when your phone is off. Wow. Isn't that good? <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, it's true. So many of us are sitting here going like, I just don't hear God. Like, I don't hear him speak. I, I can't hear his voice. And your Bible is sitting closed. And this is the primary way that he wants to speak to you. This word brings life. We're supposed to feast on it. And I really believe that as we create that as a value in our life this year, that we're not gonna get to the end of the year languishing. We're going to get to the end of the year filled up, full up with God. Amen? Amen. Awesome. So we're going to go to point number two, which is the value of his presence. 
the value of his presence. John 15, four through seven, it says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. So when he's talking about the branch, he's talking about us. And it's saying right there, it cannot bear fruit by itself. Who wants to have a fruitful year this year? Don't we all? Don't we are like, yeah, we want to have fruitful years. And yet he's telling us exactly how to here. It's to stay connected. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, so he's saying whoever, he's not saying the special people, he's saying whoever abides in me and I am him, and I in him, it is he that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And obviously we've seen from the world, you can do some things without him, but you can't do anything of value. You can't do anything that's life, that's sustaining, that's eternal. You can do a lot of things that deplete you. You can do a lot of things that drain you apart from him. But in him is the only way that you can do things that are fruitful, that produce life, that produce fruit. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like the branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words, again, a plug for the Bible, abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. You know, the word abide is the Greek word meno, and it means to remain, to continue, to be present. So abide in me, remain in him, continue in him, be present in him. You know, it takes time and intentionality to engage in his presence. It takes time and intentionality. And if we want to experience the the fruit of God, it's a product of spending time being planted, abiding in him. And I'd like to propose to you because in, I think in our generation, this just is, it's just not super popular, but I think it's impossible to be godly and mature without spending extensive time with God. Without spending extensive time with God in his presence. And you know, we, when we talk about spending time in his presence, it's really, it's really simple, but it does take intentionality. It takes time. It's, you know, you engage with him in the, in the word, in getting into the Bible. You engage with him in prayer. And Pastor Lyle did a great job talking about prayer in week one of this month. You engage with him in worship, which is something that we were doing earlier. And then you engage with him in rest, in resting in him, in just spending time and allowing him to speak to you. You know, he, he wants to speak to you. He's not, a, he's not a silent, he's not a dead God. Yeah. Right. He wants to speak to you more than you even want him to speak to you. Yeah. But it takes space. It takes time. It takes intentionality. And we want to be people who are godly. We want to be people who are mature this year. We want to be, be growing and getting bigger on the inside. And we kind of t- touched on it before, but it's as you behold him, you become like him. So it's as you behold him. Beholding isn't a glance. It's not like a, oh, see you, God. Like, now I look more like you. Thanks. It's like, I'm spending time with you. I'm locking gaze with you. I'm spending intentional space. I'm giving, you know, time in our lives. And I know that we all have lives. We're all full and, you know, doing things. But what I'd like to propose is that if you're not willing to put the time in here, you will not get the result. 
It's the same thing with any principle in life of like, if you're not willing to put in the time in the gym, you're probably not gonna have a great physique. <laughs> you know, if it takes time, it takes intentionality. If you want to have a full spirit, if you wanna be full of God, you're gonna have to take the time and the intentionality to fill yourself up with God's principles, with his word, with his presence, with spending time in prayer and talking to him. Prayer is as simple as just talking to him. You know, if I never talked to my husband, we probably wouldn't have a great relationship. And it's the same thing with God. If you're not talking with God, you probably don't have a great relationship. I wish I was funnier. I said that in the first service. (laughs) I was like, I wish I was a funny preacher. Um, But I'm not. It's okay. Uh, so, so Psalm sixteen eleven it says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. If you're lacking direction or joy, you're lacking his presence. If going into this year, you're going, I don't really know what God wants for me. I don't know what direction. You're lacking his presence. Because the, the word promises that in his presence, there's direction. There's fullness of joy. Number three, the value of his anointing. The value of his anointing at rest and at work in your life. And I really believe that if we can get a value for his anointing on our lives in this next season, that we are going to go further And we're going to do it with so much more grace than if we did not. And the first part of stewarding your anointing is to know that you're anointed. Some of you are going like, I I have no idea what that means. I'm not anointed. But the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1, 21 through 22, and it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has also put a seal, his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as guarantee. So you're anointed and you're sealed. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are anointed. 1 John 2.20, it says, but you have been anointed by the Holy One and you all have knowledge. So right there, we can just wipe that. If, if, any, if the enemy or anybody else has lied to you and said, you're not anointed, that's for my special ones. It's a load of it. You are anointed. And the second part of stewarding your anointing is knowing what your anointing is. So I think so many of us go like, yeah, okay, sweet, I'm anointed. Like, I'm going to walk out of here and be like, I am anointed. I have no idea what the flip that means. And so I'm going to share with you. Uh, Throughout the Bible, the anointing represents four things. And I love these four things. I think if we can grasp these four things, we are going to walk into our year with so much confidence and boldness. What the anointing means, which, who's anointed? Thank you. Yes. You are anointed. I'm gonna say it over and over because I really want you to get it in you of like, I am anointed, I'm anointed by God. And what the anointed means is divine appointment, divine authorization, divine empowerment, and divine accompaniment. We're gonna break that down a little bit. So whoever was anointed in the scriptures, that person was divinely, not by man, but by God, that person was appointed. So they were appointed to a role or a position. So, you know, if you're a businessman in here, you were appointed to that role, to that position. If you're a school teacher, you were appointed 
Jason Nadasky, to that role, to that position. If you are creative, you're a videographer, Mika, you were appointed to that role, to that position. And not only were they appointed, that the people in, that we see in the Bible, they were authorized. In other words, God himself said, I have sent this person to serve in this capacity. I have taken my authority and given it to them to walk out in this role. So Ben, you, were, you have the authority of God when you're playing that guitar to walk out that anointed, appointed call on your life. And so the third was empowerment. You're anointed, you're authorized, and you're empowered. So the empowerment means it's not what I can do in my natural human like the best I can do in my humanity. It's not that. What God has called you to do, you cannot walk out in your own power. You can't. You may have the role, but you're not taking up on the power that's within the anointing. And so you're sitting there going like, gosh, I'm in this role, but it is depleting me. It feels hard. Instead of going, he's empowered me. It is his power at work flowing through me. Because I'm anointed, I have his empowerment. You know, you can't possibly fulfill the call on, in your natural self. What God has b- brought forth for you, only he can fulfill in you. And each one of you have a purpose. You know, there's some of you in here that are like, well, I'm just like, I'm a, I'm a barista right now, or I'm a nanny right now. But you know what? He has anointed you in that place. If, if it's where you are, it's where he's appointed you to be. So if you are a nanny right now, he has appointed you to bring the authorization of heaven into that home and to raise up those little kids in partnership with the parents to be kingdom world changers. If you're a barista, you are there to influence that culture and to bring heaven's culture into your workplace. You are appointed. And then the last one is divine accompaniment. It means I will be with you. He's God. He's Emmanuel. He will be with you. So not only is he sending you out, not only is he saying, I'm appointing you, Lila, to be a grandma and to be in those schools. I have given you my authority to walk in. I'm giving you my empowerment to fulfill it, but I will be with you. Every step of the way, I will be with you. And I pray that we never take that for granted in our day-to-day lives that the The King of kings, the Lord of lords, is with us. You know, I was was talking with Kristen beforehand, and she was telling me uh, a story of when her brother was really young, one and a half. Uh, He had an accident, and he was, uh, like, he passed passed out, or uh, he was unconscious. Uh, For a while, at one and a half, and when he came to, he started talking about Jesus. He said, I saw Jesus. And I saw there was a lion there, and he was there to help me. And I just went, man, like, God is with us. He's there. He's more present than you know. And in your daily life, as you're going after that God-sized vision, I pray that you know that you are anointed for it, that you recognize the anointing and you value the anointing on your life. You value that he has appointed you that he has given you his authorization, that he has empowered you, and that he's with you 
you know, the depth of which he goes into you determines how far he'll go out of you. The depth to which he goes into you determines how far he'll go out of you. And so this morning, as we're talking about being a person of vision as being a person of values, I pray that the values that we go after this year would be values that mean he's going deep into you so that he can get as far out of you as possible. I'm gonna finish with this quote and we'll, we'll pray, but it says, owning the boundaries of what fills our hearts and minds must be a commitment that we honor every day. You know, values are outworked in the day-to-day. We don't just go, oh, I have this grand value and now it's shaping my life. It's in the everyday decisions. It's in the, are you gonna get up and are you gonna read your 30-day shred, two hours of Bible today? That's a value, that's a decision. It's when you're put in places to go, okay, like my soul is languishing. I'm feeding on disappointment. I'm feeding on social media. I'm feeding on the words of man. It's a value to go, no, no, no. I'm gonna stop and I'm going to feed on what is actually gonna bring life. You know, the, the Bible says that rivers of living water are supposed to flow from us. That's the life we're supposed to live, a life feasting on his abundance. If you're a believer, you are not supposed to be dead and desperate and depressed. Like you're not. You're supposed to be full of life. But it takes daily decisions to fill ourselves up with that life. You know, when we constantly pour out our energy, time, service for the work and for the sake of others, we must realize our need to fill back up so we can maintain our spiritual vibrancy, hope, and emotional health. We need to own the boundaries of our lives and own the values that we're gonna build our internal foundation on. Amen. So as you stand with me, we're just gonna, we're gonna pray into that because again, we came to encounter someone. And I believe that this morning, I believe that this, this morning, like as we were talking about the anointing of God, some of you were going like, ah, I feel like my anointing has, le- has left. Like I feel like God's appointment, his authorization, his empowerment, like it's passed on. I don't feel it anymore. And I feel like the Lord is wanting to say, hey, it hasn't left you. I'm gonna restore that. I'm gonna refresh you right now under the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna bring life back into those things. I feel like there's some of you who are, you're, you're filtering your future, you're filtering messages, you're filtering these words through the lens of disappointment. Through the lens of, yeah, but I've been praying for 10 years and I haven't seen, I haven't seen breakthrough yet. But you know what? Every prayer that you have prayed has sown a seed that has gone into the ground and sometimes died, but what goes into the ground and dies will bring life and produce. So I'm just believing this morning for those of you who have gone, you know, I've been praying for a long time for something. I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the fruition yet that God wants to breathe fresh life into it and bring hope again. 
The Bible says God is a God of hope. Hope means the expectation of something good. The expectation that something good is coming, that is hope. And he is the God of hope. So if you're lacking that, I heard it said at Bethel once, uh, the person who has the most hope has the most influence. We wanna be a people of hope walking into this new year. We wanna be a people that, you know, no matter the external circumstances, because our internal foundation is so strong, because our internal world is so, like, just filled with the life of God, it doesn't matter if you just lost your job. It doesn't matter if, you know, you've been praying for something. You're not gonna, you're not gonna be swayed. You're not gonna fall into depression. You're not gonna fall into anxiety because your internal world is solid. It's secure. So Father, this morning we, we come to you. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would do a work in us. We ask that you would do what only you can do in this moment. Spirit, you would speak, you would breathe. We open up our hearts, we open up our ears to hear you. We open up our spirits to receive fresh breath, the breath of God. God, we repent of partnering with disappointment. We repent from partnering with the things of this world and expecting to be full of you. that you would fill us again, fill us afresh, that we would go into this new year 